All right. Hey, I just want to finish up a little bit. Uh, how many of you guys were, or heard the message last week? Yeah? I, you know what? I, I thought I was going to do something else than just... It's like, you know what? There's, there's a little bit more that needs to be delved into here. But uh, here's, here's um, what I want to share with you is really, it, it's all the same message. It's, uh, you know, Jesus loves us perfectly. We're forgiven perfectly. And the kingdom of God is spiritual. You guys figured that out, right? Where Jesus goes, because the, the Jews, they were looking for a conquering king. And they were looking for somebody to go beat up on the Romans and take back and make Israel the the land, but Israel is just a type and shadow of what was going to happen. One nation was going to heal all nations, one, and ultimately is a type and shadow of Jesus. One, one person includes all. And so that was really what it was all about. But uh, when Jesus came, he said, listen, he said, the kingdom of heaven's at hand. It's not something you're still looking for, because they were going, is, is this the guy? Because he doesn't look like the conquering king. But then Jesus clarified to him, he said, listen, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. And that just means something that you believe, where there's Two definitions of spirit, or at least the first two. The first one was breath, the spirit. Like we were clay and, and mud, and basically he formed us out of earthly elements, and then pneuma put his breath into us, right? Second definition of spirit, and this is where I think people get confused, especially charismatics, like most of us grew up in the charismatic faith uh, arenas, that um, we think everything is, we, we over-spiritualize everything, like the darkness, the demonic, everything else, and like, listen, it, that stuff's over. It, it's over. What he's talking about is the kingdom. What we're looking for is righteousness, peace, and joy by a belief system. So the tef- second definition of spirit is a belief in your heart that brings something to life. It literally says animate, like an animation film, like claymation, you guys. My wife likes the claymation films. And so like they have Play-Doh that are act live, right? So that's the second definition of spirit is you believe something that becomes real to you. And so that's where I sometimes people think, well, you don't believe in the demonic all that? No, I'm not saying that. I mean, we, we went to Bible school in Africa, for God's sakes, as we saw all kinds of crazy stuff. But what's interesting is when, when ministries don't talk about it, when they just express the love and the forgiveness of God, the demonic, how you guys think of it, doesn't manifest. Because that's not what we believe is going to happen. Where in Africa, they believe this is going to happen, so their belief system in their heart brings something to life. So it's very real to these people. Does that make sense? where you, things become real. And so all I'm trying to share with you is the, the spirit realm controls what we see physically. And uh, once we get that, it's not weird. It's not, uh, we're created in his image. We're created in his likeness. So, um, and the, the, you know, how most of us grew up, the, the faith arena is like the authority of the believer and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's all true. However, I, I, I don't see a lot of love. I don't see a lot of empathy. I see a lot of craziness where where Paul was trying to correct all of that in 1 Corinthians, where he's saying, listen, you can have all of that stuff. You can have faith that moves mountains, but if you have love, what's it worth? If you, if you don't have love, what's it worth? Nothing. That's what he's trying to say. Is like, hey, what makes me God, what makes me a father, what makes me Abba is not the power that I have. It's not the authority I have. It's not the, the miracles that I have. It's the love that I have. That's what makes me unique. That's what makes you unique. Is he goes... My love is different than yours. Is mine's unconditional, meaning no conditions, literally. So anyway, um, this all stemmed from Yonggi Cho's book, The Fourth Dimension. Now, Barb and I caught this kind of early on. I'm not telling you to go out and run it, write, read the book. In fact, I'd encourage you not to read it, to be honest with you, because if I, I picked it up again, I just felt really compelled, like I told you two weeks ago, to pick it up and uh, go through it. And I'm like, oh, this is why I haven't read it again. Uh, but I'll share the key parts in this thing, the parts that we got. Where, and this is the main one. And he says, why would I labor in my flesh, my own effort, when the Holy Spirit can do something in one second? And really all he's trying to say, I, here's what we think it is, I think. Is I think most people, they go, uh, um, they're praying to a distant God, and they're hoping God responds and creates the miracle. Is that kind of what a lot of you guys were? And if I had enough faith, if my faith meter was high enough, then it would happen. Is that kind of what you guys were taught? That's not accurate. What he's trying to say is, is when you have a shift in your spirit, when your heart actually believes something solidly, that's when everything happens. And like we were talking about prayer, um, you know, the early church, what they taught was when, the, when you ahitioed, when you asked for something, it literally meant uh, enveloped by the answer. 
You guys know what an envelope is. That's why it's easier for me to say envelope. I know because somebody was correcting me. Isn't it enveloped? I go, enveloped? I go, yeah, but an envelope, you guys understand what it is. Like if something's in an envelope, the letter's in an envelope, you realize it's in there. And so what they believed is when you asked for something, is you were enveloped or enveloped by the answer. You could feel yourself surrounded by the answer until that's when the assurance came. Now, the easiest way to do that, guys, is to operate in... This is why I've, I've really been trying to get rid of penal substitution and the idea of Western hell, that it's, it wasn't restorative, where it's this scary place. Because he goes, you know what? If you, if you become like a child, you can enter the kingdom. Well, I think, if you tell, I think if you tell your little baby girl, the first time she hears about God might throw you and torture you for the rest of your life, does that breed fear or love? Fear. In fact, us as parents and grandparents go, my God, I could never have that. I can't serve a God like that. And so we, I'm not going to go into that right now, but that's where I'm trying to get all the fear, the, the idea of separation out because when you're operating in fear and not love, guess what happens? You don't have empathy. You actually, the ability for you to be persuaded or be in faith diminishes greatly. And so I see a lot of people like, I'm praying in faith and the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And they're quoting all the right scriptures, but they're doing it in total fear. And they think they're yelling louder or they're praying in tongues longer is going to make it happen and nothing's further from the truth. It's when they can rest and go, I'm perfectly loved, I'm forgiven. And if something's going on here, if we can feel anxiety, if we can feel anger, that just means our heart's programmed with that. If we can feel it, it's there. It doesn't matter what we've done. So don't freak out and don't go, you know what? It's not my lack of faith. What am I doing wrong? I'm, doing, I'm following all the directions, etc. It's To me, it's just an indicator that, you know what? I've, I've got the, I believed a lie somewhere in my life. I believe a lie about God or I believed a lie about myself. And usually it has, it's lack. You know, the minute that Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the good, bad, the good, bad tree, whether he's going to deal with us based on whether we're good or bad, that's how most of us grew up, right? And he goes, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to deal with every one of you based on unconditional love, based on Jesus. That's the tree of life. That's what I'm going to deal with you. So when we, the minute they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they had fear. And what did they have fear of? Fear of lack. Lack of health, lack of provision. God's not going to supply me. And ultimately leads to death, every one of those. Well, if I don't have health... What does it lead to ultimately? Death. If I don't have money, if I don't have provision, what does it lead to? Death. I can't eat. I'm not, no, nobody's going to provide for me. Oh, no. I, 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 nobody, there's no protection. It ultimately always just leads to death. But he goes, you know what? If you can get rid of all of that and just realize I'm a provider, etc., you can start to reprogram your heart. What, do you, what this whole thing's about, uh, I'll just read the key parts of this, then we'll go into some more scriptures. Just, this is... Uh, this was good to me because he says, watch your heart, your mind, and your speech above everything else because that's the material that God uses to create. But I think the key in there, because we all, a lot of us grew up where the faith, charismatic, etc. So we, I, I saw a lot of people running around yelling at houses, telling them to sell to them and, and all this kind of stuff. And they're still running around trying to tell those houses to sell to them um, because they're not, they still have this fear. They still have this, they're not resting. They don't know like, hey, you know what? He gives it for free. And so you can change your heart to start experiencing his love, his compassion, everything. And you're persuaded of it then. You're ultimately just rewriting your heart, which creates the physical. Is this making any sense to you guys? So anyway, so Yonggi Cho created the the largest. He's an interesting thing to me because he created the largest church in the world through this concept, but then he went to jail. Because they don't have love. It's all about faith and this, and that's why I go, I'm not encouraging you to necessarily read it. Now, I'm not criticizing any of these guys, but we grew up in that. We grew up in this hyper-faith, get-your-faith-up, um, charismatic, uh, you know, even, even in Africa, where 50,000 people come to the service, I go, we saw death everywhere. People were dying, literally, like, it's crazy because they, have, they lack love. And so it really nothing mattered. It was all about faith. And so there was never this assurance because we're built to be loved. Does that make sense? Every person at the end of the day, they just want unconditional love. That's how we thrive. That's how everything starts to work. So anyway, watch your heart, your mind above everything else because that's what God uses. He uses the non-material to create the material. He uses the spiritual to create the physical. So if there's something going on here that we don't like, it's really just reprogramming our heart is all it is. And the easiest way to do it, because we use all these terms, and if some of you guys go, I'm bad at it, I, I, I'm having a hard time understanding what this is all about. Barbara and I were talking about this uh, this week. It's 
start to just get into gratitude. Because it's the same thing as love, really. Appreciation. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So if you're like, you know what? I can't think of... Some, sometimes you're like, hey, find something that you love. Find something where you feel loved, etc. And I think some people are just so burned. Um, like they're kind of done. Their, their hearts shut off a little bit. Just then focus on gratitude. That just means thankfulness. So when you wake up in the morning, thank for what you have. You know, I have breath, so thank you, Lord, I have breath. That'll start the rewiring of your heart, honestly, just being in gratitude. Thank you, Lord, that I live in this country, if you love this country. Thank you, Lord, that I live in Colorado. There's no bugs. Thank you, Lord. Um, <laughs> honestly, thank you, Lord, that there's no humidity. You know, we just came out of that. It's like, you land, and you're like, ooh, now I remember why I don't enjoy this so much. So uh, just be gratitude. Just start to be gracious. Because all it is is, guys, we, like, like I said last week, is I don't know the exact number, and I have no idea how they know. But they're going, you know, you have 60,000 thoughts a day, and most of it's on autopilot. It's your subconscious. Just you've, you've programmed yourself that if it's negative, it's negative. It's negative, it's negative, it's negative. And you might, for a brief little thing, get positive. And that's why I think hearing the right message is so key, listening to the right thing, listening to, to being around people that can uplift you versus bring you down is, is critical because it helps. It's easier when you're around people that are gracious and happy and loving, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, because there's some people, you know, you get done and you're like, oh God, none of you. I wouldn't tell you if you were, but no, you know what I'm talking about. Some people are just heavy, right? And so you go, gosh, man, they're just heavy and hard to be around. Well, all it means is that we're all created in his image. So if they just start gracious and gratitude and thankful for what I have, etc., it's amazing how life starts to look up. Just things start to look a bit better. So anyway, um, yeah, I love this. He says, you know what? Through the, through the fourth dimension, he calls the fourth dimension really the spirit realm, something you can't see. Through the, through your, basically through your thoughts, your emotions, and your speech, he goes, it gives order to your circumstances. It gives beauty to the ugly and chaotic and healing and hurt to your suffering. Cool? But then this is the part that I just love where he goes, you know what? If you're, if you're willing to take the time to just be gracious, to, to meditate on the fact that you're perfectly loved, radically forgiven, that's why for me now I understand, like some of you guys, uh, you've watched Dr. Bruce Wachope with, with Baxter Kruger. He's a, a medical doctor and a psychologist. He goes, you know, I was trying to figure out why the gospel is... It's, Romans says this, I'm not ashamed of the power of God because it is the, the gospel because it's the power of God unto sozo, unto healing. Because I got around charismatic Christians and nothing was healing. Their hearts weren't healing. And I believe it's because they believe they could be separated. They believe their sin separated from the, themselves from God. That somehow until they shaped up that God wasn't pleased with them and they weren't going to receive any blessings until they shaped up. Well, that's just a death spiral because none of us are perfect. There was one that was perfect. And that's why it says, bring every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's the real warfare if you're going to talk about it. So, hey, you know what? If, I, if nothing's not going right, thank you, Lord, that Jesus did everything and I can just be a joint heir. I'm so thankful that that's the covenant I have with him. So you just start operating in graciousness. Because then to finish this off, he says, why would I labor in my flesh when my spirit can accomplish more in one second than a year of labor. Like, oh, that is just, that resonates with me somehow. I'm going, yeah, we're creators. We're co-creators with God. We, we, we have this unlimited authority and power, but it, it's out of perfect love. And that's why 1 John says, perfect love diminishes or dissolves fear. It literally casts it out. And I see a lot of people going, I cast out fear. And, and uh, they got fear all over them because they, they're not, they, they still feel most of them, when they're doing that, I combined you fear and all this stuff. And I'm like, gosh, man, I can tell there's no assurance in their heart when they're doing this stuff. And fear is everywhere around them because in their heart of hearts, they don't know they're perfectly forgiven. That it's not their faith level that's going to cause anything. It's assurance through love that he loves me and I'm radically forgiven despite my mistakes. That can give me some assurance. Does that make sense to you guys? And when you start operating in love and gratitude, it literally says the darkness, the demonic, all that stuff dissolves. You don't have to deal with it. How many guys like that? I like that better. So let's just get through this. So I'll, I'll hurry up. So uh, uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. And again, this is, this is the thing that should animate you or not animate you. This isn't his breath. Does that make sense? It's, his, it's, 
He came to, to show what perfect love looks like in Jesus Christ. And he goes, I gave you a spirit that can cry, Daddy, that I'm not an angry God on a hill needing to be appeased by human sacrifice. You can call me Dad and sit on my lap. Is that a good visual for you guys? You can, you can call me Daddy. Like, like Joe, he can call you, what does what 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 she call you? Papa? Papa? Yeah. So she has no fear sitting on your lap because that's my Papa. That's who God is. That's who Jesus revealed. Does that make sense? So he goes, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but I gave you a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. And here's what, I've, what I find is a lot of people, when they still are, are shadow boxing the darkness and demonic and everything else, there's, there's fear everywhere, and they don't have a sound mind. Most of them are kind of go crazy after a while. They, they really do. And so that's why I, was, I would always analyze, like, who's doing the stream thing? And I'd look at the streamers, the guys in charge of the streams, putting you in the streams, you're going to be talking about all the streams and the inner healing stuff. I'm like, God, these guys are more nuts than me. And so I'm not going to go get prayed for by these people. Honestly, I just looked at them and go, they, they got fear and trepidation and stuff. And they tried to put on this image like I've got it all together. But I'd look at them and go, man, you're, you're a mess. Because there's no rest. So you guys know what I'm saying. I'm not, hey, if you want to do the stream, have at it. It just didn't do anything for me. To me, I'm like, you know what? I just know that I'm okay, and God's good, and he's got this thing. I can rest. That's better than me going, ooh, your dad was a mason, and we got, ooh. This is going to be a hard one. You're going to have to come back for another session. I just, <laughs> she knows me. I don't stand in lines, and I don't have, I wasn't gifted with that fruit of the Spirit, so I'm working on that one. <laughs> My tolerance for stupidity is about that high. So when I'm seeing them running around yelling things and spitting and I just, it never made sense to me. Put it that way. I'm like, what is going on? I grew up in Iowa. I never saw any of that. We never had any issues. Demons didn't jump on people. I listened to rock music and it all worked. I come to Colorado Springs and now the devil's going to jump out me out of my speaker onto my head because I'm listening to rock music and I'm just like, whatever. Good luck. Because it's not about that. It was about assurance of your heart. Everything's about the heart. So, all right. He, God didn't give us a spirit. We have to fear him. It's of perfect love where we can call him dad. So fear produces religious works. So if we think that we're not good enough, we're not, we're not qualified for the blessing, immediately we get to works. Does that, make, does that make sense? So if we think we're separated from God, if we think he might be displeasing to us, what do we do? How do I become pleasing? So we start to do. Follow me? There's no doing. It's just being. So... That's where it says perfect love casts out fear. So love produces the assurance. It literally, it turns on the part of your brain where you can feel empathy, compassion, love, and creativity, which, which I just love. And so that's why it's just so important. Watch your heart with everything you got. And watch what you put in there. So if you're still shadow boxing and think, hey, the demonic, and it's not finished, and uh, I, I really think it's like, Ramiko, if you're training for UFC in the dark, you're literally punching at air, aren't you? And I see most of the people that they're doing spiritual warfare, in my mind, they're literally just in the dark swinging at air. They think they're accomplishing a lot, but they never accomplish anything. It's just, I'm binding this and binding that. It's finished, guys. That's not what he's talking about. He's going, listen, you can have righteousness, peace, and joy because I've done it all for you and you can enter my rest. So, all right, let's go to, let's go to the next slide here. Um, some of you guys know Billy Epperhart, especially you guys at Karis, et cetera. It's interesting. you guys get this email this week where... I was like, wow, this is exactly what I'm talking about, where uh, it says invest more in yourself than you do in your job. That was the title of the email. I was like, oh, I got to watch this because this will like, upset the apple cart with people. Um, and he was just sharing in there. It's really this. is You know what? When you, when, you, uh, when you build yourself, meaning that you feel good about yourself, hey, I am versus the I am not is really how I would call it, is when I believe I'm prosperous, what happens? I start to prosper, Right? But if I believe, you know what? If I believe like most Christians, I need to do this, to do this, to do this, to be obedient. Did I hear you right? Did I not hear you right? Go back to where you heard him. It puts doubt in my mind. And you go, you know what? Whether I didn't hear him or whether I heard him, he makes all things work together for my good. That gives me assurance. Where I can just go out and go, oh, I missed that one, Lord. Thanks for cleaning up my mess. You're good. That's who he is. Follow me? So when you, don't, when you think that you have to qualify for the blessing, you have to qualify for everything, 
it, again, it just puts you into works. It immediately diminishes everything. And so I just thought uh, this was interesting. Now, his point is not to be lazy at your job, but is what he's telling. In fact, you should be, guys, uh, as believers, we shouldn't be these weird, overly spiritual things where there's a demon behind every tree and God's coming against me and the enemy's coming against me. No, no, it's your own, your own thought process coming against you. He has no authority. He has no power. He has nothing. In fact, darkness is just darkness. It is what it is. It's you can't see something. As soon as you see that I am, because I am everything in Christ, you start to, this is who I am. I am worthy. I am valuable. I am loved. I am forgiven. No matter what. Then you start to experience that. You guys got it? That's where, so anyway, where it says money is attracted, not pursued. That's so true. So I, I see most Christians, um, oh, we would struggle with this all the time because they go, you know what? Uh, and I know I've said this before, but it, I, I think it's just, because I know the background of most of you guys, you heard the same stuff I did. And you heard all the stuff like, if you do these things, God will prosper your business. No. The guys who just, who just believe, you know what? I'm prosperous and my business is going to prosper. Whatever I put my hand to is going to prosper despite me, they prosper. The ones who are going, I got to do this and don't do this. And did I hear you right? Did I not hear you right? All this. They're just, nothing's working typically. And so then they see the, the non-believers in their mind, the non-Christians going and kicking butt in life and they kind of get envious. Like, what's up with that? That guy, he's, he's getting blessed like crazy. All he did is he believed in his heart that he was going to be blessed. Despite him. Does that help you guys? So then we come up with this weird doctrine. Well, Satan will prosper you too. No, he's a liar. He won't, no, he can't. He's, it's, he's, he's a lie. Even that's a lie. So he doesn't prosper anything. It's their heart that's prospering them. Does that help you guys? So here's the cool part. You're created in his image. When you just start to meditate on, start to get gracious and go, Lord, this is who I am. Because of Jesus, I'm a joint heir of Christ. Whatever I put my hand to is going to prosper. Guess what? That's who you start to become. And it's not this weird, overly spiritual thing where, oh, I got to battle this demon. He's coming against me. Nothing's coming against you. So if you're experiencing those, that anger, that fear, etc., like I said, the emotions are there to just give you a little notice that I've got a wrong belief in my heart. The cool part is he's given us the ability to change it. And if we take the time to really just meditate on, be thankful for what we have, be gracious to operate, he loves me perfectly, and not focus on the sin, or how do I overcome this sin, or how do I overcome this bad habit, and oh, I got to get an accountability partner, all that stuff. Um, I think it emphasizes the negative enough where you never really get out of it. You go, you know what? He's good no matter what. And uh, even if I do struggle with that yet, he still loves me. He still blesses me. I'm still radically forgiven. Perfect love casts out the nonsense after a while. So don't be bummed, like I said, if you're having anxious or anger or, or anything like that. Like the love code and the healing code calls it chronic fatigue, where your mind and your heart aren't in, synchro in synchronicity. And so you start to feel tired a lot. You're not in spirit. You're not inspired. So... Then just go back to, you know what? He loves me. He, whatever I put my hand to is going to prosper. I'm gracious for everything I got. I live in one of the greatest countries in the world. I'm just making things up that I'm thankful for. You guys, you're all thankful for whatever you're thankful for, right? I don't care what it is. When you start to operate like that versus focus on the negative, you start to become that. That's all I'm trying to share with you. And if you're willing to do that and not focus on the dark, the devil, the this, the that, coming against, don't be against something before something. We were talking about that a lot because I see a lot of protests and this, and, and that's where I just, sorry guys, I just struggle with the, you know, the, uh, oh, the whole Christian thing. Well, if we're against abortion, I go, no, no, you're going to cause more of it. Stop doing that. Is what that girl needs is perfect love and forgiveness. That will generate life. So be for forgiveness and love for her versus, mm. does that make sense? The national, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? I see so many Christians against this sin and against that sin. I go, oh, just stop already. Before something, before, you know what? They're a child of God. They need to be loved and forgiven. Does that, does that make sense to you guys? So you guys want to hold up your sign, whatever. You're, just, you're causing more anger in yourself. Nothing will change. So, so Billy Epphart, hey, invest more yourself doing your job. What he's trying to tell you is, is your source isn't your job. Your source is you. And if you start to work on your heart, guess what? You start to become it, where money starts to be attracted to people who think they're prospering. Simple enough? Yeah. 
So most of us have to work. Hey, I was the youngest of seven kids, single mom. We didn't have a lot. I didn't know I was poor until every kid on the basketball team had leather Chuck Taylors. Remember those, Ramiko? You're about my age. When Converse came out with the first leather Chuck Taylors for the basketball team, I had canvas Chuck Taylors. (laughs) Sucked. Honestly, that was the first time I was like, oh, man, we're poor. And I just vowed, I said, I'm not going to live like that. I'm not going to live like that. So anyway, uh, Tony Robbins, whatever you hold in your mind on a consistent basis is exactly what you'll experience in your life. So here's, here's what I'm trying to show you. Um, it's not battling the devil. It's not doing this. It's not being obedient. It's not doing all those things. Am I against being obedient? No. But I, I think what, what happens was, was when you truly know you're radically loved and forgiven, do we make mistakes? Of course we do. But we, end, we, we quickly forgive ourselves because we go, oh, thank God that the covenant's not dependent on me and he blesses me despite me. Man, I'm radically forgiven even though I still struggle with this sin in my life. Does that make sense to you guys? So you, you, start, you, you stop beating yourselves up and your heart heals much faster is really all I would tell you. So, um, you know, these, hey, he tells you he built the biggest church in the world by believing. He goes, even though I've got the largest church in the world, when I go to my office, I don't have a lot to do. Does that appeal to anybody but me? That's exciting to me. It really is. I'm like, hallelujah, man. Because guess what? Oh, some of you guys know Peter Daniels too. Again, you don't, you don't have to, most of these guys are really religious, which is kind of ironic to me because they think it was their religious exercises, but they speak out of both sides of their mouth. Because I remember that one of the stories of Peter Daniels, who's a billionaire, if you don't know him, and uh, one of their friends came over one day and she peeked through the window and she saw Peter Daniels laying on the couch and she she told uh, Peter Daniel's wife, he goes, oh, it's so great to see Peter uh, taking a break and napping. And she goes, no, trust me, he's working. She said, no, no, I just saw him on the couch. He's sleeping. He goes, trust me, he's working. What's he doing? Meditating, reprogramming his heart because he understands this. The spirit realm can create more in one second than I can do in my labor in a week. I forget his exact quote. Some of you guys might be able to look it up. But Peter Daniels said something like two hours of meditation is worth more than a month of work or something like that. Now, he's a billionaire, so it appears to work for him. Or you can shadow box demons and come against the spirit over your house and everything else. I think it's the exact opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. Does that make sense? So, all right. So Tony Robbins, you guys know him, life coach, right? Doing all this stuff. And so it must be the devil. Uh, Must be the devil. Because he's not saying Jesus and all this stuff. So... All these guys are they're doing is they're 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 using how God's created us more than believers are, and it's sad to me. It's sad to me. So anyway, let's go to the next slide. Does this make sense to you? Yes. I'm just showing it's all the same message. Uh, a lot of you guys know Dr. Carolyn Leaf, right? And you can go just go just most of you guys go just Google Dr. Carolyn Leaf quotes, and all this stuff will come up. It's so good. And so we are made in God's image, Genesis 1, 1.26, and I have the mind of Christ. Our normal state is one of perfection. How's that? Isn't that cool? So our normal state is to see ourselves complete in Christ, exactly what Scripture says. Not, I'm going to, as soon as I'm done with this sin, I'll be complete in Christ. No, by the work of Jesus, you are complete in Christ. Right? So if you realize how, this is a huge one to me. This one just jumped out at me when I was on the plane. If you realize how powerful your thoughts are, you would never think a negative thought again. Ooh, that's challenging to me, isn't it? Because I sometimes, every now and then, like today, I had a negative thought. <laughs> like last hour or whatever. Just, uh, that's challenging to me. It convicts me to, to go, this is how powerful we are. This is how powerful that we're made in his image. How, how much we create in, in our spirit, what we see in the physical. Does that make sense to you guys? So, like I said, I'm, I'm not trying to... Uh, what I don't want to do is how I felt most of the time when I heard a lot of the charismatic faith teaching is I didn't want the responsibility placed on me like I didn't have enough of something, meaning that my faith wasn't high enough, which is why I wasn't seeing the results or something like that, or I didn't pray long enough or prayed through enough or waited on him enough or didn't hear him enough. Everything was, at most of that, I just felt like a loser listening to it. I go, oh, man, as soon as I pray in tongues as much as him, as soon as I meditate as much as him, um, I just enjoy sleep, actually. So, because this faith thing's not going to work for me. Because I enjoy it. And then I started to understand grace. And he's like, wait, even then he gives to the beloved in sleep. Oh, praise God. It's not me. So if I, if I, if I fall asleep 
listening to happy music, to things that just stir me and make me feel good, that's worth more than my physical labor. When I meditate on something good, when I, because my spirit will create more in one second than I can do with my labor. Now, that doesn't mean I'm lazy. So all of you, get, I didn't finish that thought. You should kick butt wherever you work, not be lazy. You should be like Paul, like I labor more than all of you, yet not I. Does that make sense? It's the spirit. I'm inspired to go do it because I've reprogrammed my heart where I just feel inspired. I'm gracious. I've gra- I have gratitude. I have love flowing through me. So I just, uh, hey, even when I was working on the cattle confinement in Iowa with stuff going in my mouth, that's why I knew most of the germ stuff that you guys were dealing with is just. We didn't have Perel, put it that way, and we ate. And we were covered head to toe with stuff. Your hands, your stuff, and you're just like, you're going to eat that? Yeah. <laughs> Most of you guys would die. Because guess why? Your hearts believe that that'll give you this. Does that make sense? That was real to you. It's real. So people go, well, hey, you shouldn't eat that. It's gonna... No, I'll eat that, but you shouldn't. <laughs> because you, your heart has convicted you that that's what that causes. And guess what it's going to do? It'll cause that. Does that make sense? I'm not coming against any of that. I'm just trying to get you to understand all the powers in the heart. All the powers in the heart. So anyway, all right. Main scripture, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. You guys know in different translations what it says, right? Bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. How I read that forever was somehow I read my obedience into there. To the obedience of Christ. Well, if you're obedient, then, he, then he'll bless you. That's the good, bad tree, guys. That's not the tree of Jesus. Despite my disobedience, he blesses me. That's taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I know it's crazy because from this high, we've been taught, don't do that. Anyway, so the link, this is, I'm just literally took quotes. So the link science concept, meaning that science, one of the things I love about these different authors, et cetera, because science and Christianity are one. They should be anyway. They should be one. It shouldn't be weird and you know, yelling about whether the world was created in seven literal days. And that guy got thrown in jail too. Because they're angry and they, there's no peace and they, they, it stirs up the flesh. What's that guy's name? Oh yeah, Hogan or Hoven, something like that. He's arguing about the seven days and Noah's Ark, and they get thrown, these guys get thrown in jail because there's no peace in their heart. There's not love, and so it stirs up all the nonsense. So when you objectively observe your own thinking with a view to capturing rogue thoughts, you, in effect, direct the attention to stop the negative impact and rewire healthy new circuits in your brain. See, your heart and your brain, they call it neuroplasticity and epigenetics. Some of you guys have heard this. It's because my, my Neuro, neuroplasticity means you can change your brain, rewire your neurons, and epigenetics means your thoughts actually rewire your genes down to the lowest DNA. It's true. Where most of us were taught, hey, if, you're, if your dad was an alcoholic, then your genes are going to be an alcoholic. No, you just started to believe that. Does that make sense? And if it was, if they're predispositioned to that, guess what? I'm born of God. I got new genetics. Hallelujah. So my dad wasn't a Mason. Thank God. I don't know if he was or not. It's just one of the things I remember they were asking us, like, did you do this? this?" Yes, we did everything. We did listen to rock music. Oh, my God. (laughs) We were a mess when we went to the stream, right? We needed the whole ocean. Like, can you just be done? We did everything wrong. (laughs) Ironically, I'm still looking at that. goes, but we're good. But our life works. And yours looks like nothing works, but you got the stream, and okay, you're gonna feel like a, you're gonna feel like thousand pound. What do they tell us? Your ten thousand pound weight was lifted off your shoulders when they throw you in the stream. We got after the first session. She goes, "Please never let that man pray for me." And so I was like, hours <laughs> ahead of her. I was like, "Sweetie, I already booked our flight on United tonight. These guys are loonies because there's no rest." They're still battling the demons in the dark, and it's not finished, and this and that, not realizing that they're producing their own stuff because of what they believe in their heart. Follow me? I won't even tell you what he said. But you would think he's nuts too, the, the, the grand poobah of the deal. Oh. <laughs> I'm embarrassed, actually, the stuff we believed. But it was like these mega pastors telling us to go do this stuff. And 
I'm like, oh my Lord. So anyway, all right. You guys with me so far? Okay, next slide. Then we'll be done. I'm just trying to show you the reality of this. So what are we supposed to focus on? This is like some of the scriptures. One, hey, guard your heart with everything. So that, that, that message from Carol and Leifcone, if you knew how negative thoughts, how toxic they are and what it really does produce, we would do everything we can to guard our heart. That's what that scripture is trying to say the same thing. So we're not supposed to focus on the darkness. And I see a lot of Christianity focused on sin, focused on the darkness, battling this, battling that, where everything's not finished yet. And he goes, it's finished. I've conquered sin and death. You're a son. Everything's yours. You guys get it? How do we do it? We're creating in his image. So what we plant in here actually produces. We don't have to toil, laborious, toilsome work to be blessed by God is what that means. God, what's the scripture? I think it's Proverbs 10, 22, where it says, uh, um, God maketh rich and adds no toil. That doesn't mean you don't go to work. That's what I'm trying to get you. What he's saying is there's no religious exercises to go do it. You can rewire your heart and your genes to make it happen. That's cool to me, isn't it? That's the whole quantum physics. So anyway, so here's what Philippians tells us to do. Be anxious. It it says, don't take any worrisome thought for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Different verses say, hey, cast your cares upon him because he cares, right? What we talked about before is said, listen, up until now, you haven't called me dad, but know that I'm your dad, meaning that you're my son. And so you have everything I have in my house is yours. And so if you require anything, that's what that word ask is be enveloped enveloped. Be enveloped by the answer. See yourself already done. See yourself the answer is already there. If you need provision, what do you focus on? I'm provided for. I'm great. He, I'm, I'm, you start to reprogram this thing. And then you don't operate in fear anymore. So you start going, you know what? I'll always have enough. What's the worst case scenario? You don't have enough and you die. Then what? then you're more alive than you've ever been. That's what he's trying to tell you, because I've removed this fear of death from you that no matter what. So if, you, if the physical things, what's the worst case if you're not healed? You live. That's what it's, I know it's kind of crazy, because we were talking, no, oh, be against this. I go, no, you know what? If you can comfort yourself and go, the worst thing that could happen to me in all this is I die. And guess what happens? He's conquered death, I live. You can actually rest. It sounds crazy, but that's, that's really what he's trying. Hey, there's nothing you need to fear because I've conquered sin and death. All you're going to experience is me to more reality than you've ever seen. So, so I'm not telling you to not have faith for any of that. What I'm telling you is it's easier to have faith when you go, the worst case scenario he's already taken care of, and so I can just trust him because he's going to take care of my situation. So anyway, so hey, don't, don't take a careful thought, anxious thought for anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, cast it to him. With thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And there's other scriptures that says he just likes to participate because he's a husband. He goes, even before you ask, I've answered. Isn't that cool? Why? Because he sits outside of time. So he goes, everything you're going to need, whether it's provision, whether it's something for your health, whether it's for your joy, I've already taken care of all of it. It's already done. So, but just ask me for it because I like to participate. He's a co-creator with us. He wants us to participate with him. To, when we are enveloped by the answer, we start to produce. You guys get it? Okay, so let your request be made known to God, and the shalom, the irene, the, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your what? Your hearts and your minds, not battling demons, and whether it's finished or streams or anything like that. Finally, brethren, what things are true, what seven things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything that we can be thankful for, praiseworthy for, Meditate on these things. So, I'm not saying it's the easiest thing in the world, because like sometimes life happens, doesn't it? And you're going, okay, but our reaction to what happens, we can control. A lot of, in my house, I say a lot of times, no freaking out. No, no, we all freak out every now and then, but don't freak out. Just come to your senses, come back, metanoia, repent, come back to your senses and go, God's got this. I can rest. And you start to meditate on lovely things, things that are praiseworthy. That's where I don't know what it is to you, but the easiest thing to me is to just be gracious. Be thankful with gratitude. That starts to kick in the the rivers of living water, the the life that starts to flow through me when I'm gracious. Does that make sense? Okay. 
So meditate on these things. These things that you learn to receive, hear, see me, these do, and the peace of God will be with you. Got it? Because is this making sense to you? Yeah. All right, last slide. I think we're done. Oh, no. John 16, 23, one more slide of this. And that day, this is what I was trying to share. In that day, you'll ask me nothing, meaning that you don't have to, I'm not the mediator anymore. You can go straight to the Father. And you can call him Dad. We just take that because we've heard it so long, but that is a radical thought. That the God who all of Israel was afraid of, thinking that he had to be appeased, they wouldn't even write his name, Yahweh, right? And Jesus comes along and screws the whole thing up. He chewed gum in church and had a glass of wine and, oh man, bad, right? Ate the showbread, worked on the Sabbath, mowed his lawn on the Sabbath, all the stuff, didn't he? He just disrupted the whole thing. He really did. And they're afraid of God, going, man, God, if we make one wrong move, God's going to stone us, kill us. And then Jesus comes along and goes, man, I'm going to make every wrong move. In fact, I'm going to do everything wrong. I'm going to violate all their religious practices and live. Isn't that weird? And he goes, because I know him. He, you've got a wrong idea of who I am, Israel. I'm love and I'm perfect love and all your, your legalism. In fact, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll share one of these services, just all the scriptures in there where it says, I hate sacrifice. Because he was trying to be like, unlike all those gods that demanded human sacrifice. Because I hated it. And he even says, you, you put that in your law. I didn't tell you to put sacrifice in there. But they just perceived that's who God was. God's going to demand the sacrifice because every other God we've ever known demands a sacrifice. Right? And then God comes and goes, no, 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 I don't demand the sacrifice. I'll be the sacrifice. I'll be the scapegoat. You can blame me for everything and I'll still forgive you. That's literally the scapegoat concept. Is that cool? That's cool. So, whatever you ask the Father in my name, is there a maybe? If you just meditate on this scripture, it starts to get good, actually. In that day, he goes, when the Spirit comes and you'll realize I'm in you, you're in me, you realize that the hope of glory was Christ in you. You thought you were separated your whole life. I'm literally in you and hold you together. I can't get any closer to you. In that day, then you'll realize that, whoa, just like Jesus is a son of God, I'm a son, and I can ask him for anything, and he will give it to you. And we, all we do is we, if we require anything, we're enveloped by the answer. We see that he's already provided the answer so we can rest. And then what happens? It brings joy versus anger and fear and all these things. Does that help you guys? All right, last slide. So here's what I really want you to get because this is so true, guys. This is so true. Where literally, if you just meditate on the right things, like I said, the easiest way is graciousness if you don't understand it. Like, oh, I'm having a hard time finding anything that feels like love to me. I get it. Sometimes we're just so burned and uh, been beaten up by legalism and stuff happened to us. None of us have a perfect life. I get it. But that's not how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live, you know what? I've given you the ability to, I don't care how deep the hurt is, guys, when you start focusing on gratitude, perfect love dissolves the fear. Dissolves the lack, dissolves the fear, everything. So I want you to know you're victorious right now. There's nothing you have to do more, have to do less. If you do, you know what? If you ate Taco Bell the rest of your life, you're not going to be sick. Praise God. Whatever you do. I'm just picking something that everybody thinks is going to give you death. So you're victorious in Christ. End of story. Is that cool? Because I know it's my heart that produces life. So you don't need to battle the darkness and get busy with religious gymnastics. I mean that so... I see so many people with grit intentions. They're like, you know, come against this and come against... It literally is like shadow boxing to me. I go, they're fighting spirits that aren't actually there. They're not real. Spirit is something they believe that animates. So to them, is it real? Yeah, it's very real. I'm not denying their experience and the demonic and everything else. I go, but we produce that because... We create what's in our, our, our heart. Whatever we believe in our heart begins to animate. Does that help you guys? So it's not a demon over Colorado Springs. It's not a, a homosexual demon over San Francisco. It's, I remember a guy in Colorado Springs says, oh, you, you're going to San Francisco. Oh, yeah, we, we kind of like Sausalito and I like seafood. And, oh, man, you have to have a lot of authority to go there. I'm like, authority smarty. Like, what are you talking about? Did anything jump on us? No. In fact, you feel that? No, you wacko, just stop. You're animating that. 
They can feel, it'd be, I'm not saying this, but I'm telling you, when you start to go, you know what? God loves these people. He loves them unconditionally. It dissolves all the weirdness. Perfect love casts out fears. Does that, that make sense to you guys? So if you want to keep shadow boxing, have at it. I just think it's going to create what you don't want to create in your life. And you're going to wonder, then you get to the, oh, what, what do I need? What am I doing wrong? That's the always, nothing. Just start to be gracious. Start to feel I'm perfectly loved. Put your Bible down for a while. Geez, can I say that? Because I think a lot of people read it from the standpoint like, man, I've got to get into this more. Guys, I've seen people read the Bible for 50 years and don't understand any of it. I just, if it, if, hey, if it's working for you, have at it. But I had to put it down for a while and just go, you know what? All I'm going to do is focus on I'm perfectly loved and forgiven. <sighs> and then I could start to rest. Then I start to enjoy it because you start to, it starts to become alive, actually. You start to realize, like, hey, you know what? The, he's not angry. He's not all this. So anyway, so guard your heart, your mind, your speech. Line it up with Christ in his life. That's what it means by take, take every thought to the obedience of Christ. And what's that, what does that actually mean? By the obedience of one man, I'm perfect forever. His work has made everything available to you completely forever. No ifs. So if you're still struggling with sin, is that going to withhold the blessing? No. Is that going to withhold your healing? No. No. You believing it might, might, because it's a condition of your heart. Follow me? So just know that you're radically blessed. So the, 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 the ministry of Melchizedek was just bless, bless. No bless, curse. Bad, good. It was bless, bless. So anyway, through your heart, mind, and speech, we give orders to the chaotic. So listen, if there's something chaotic going on in your life, try rest. But you know what, Lord? I'm just going to be gracious because I don't want to get into all the science about it, but you guys have heard theories, different things where, hey, 21 days creates a habit and all these different things. Sort of. 21 days starts to rewrite your heart in the right way where you start to experience it. If you only do it for two, three days, it's literally not rewiring all the neurons and everything in your heart yet, so you might be good for a little while. It's like a New Year's resolution. But if you can just be consistent, be, you know what, I'm going to be as gracious as I can today. I'm going to operate in gratitude all day. I didn't read my Bible today. Oh. I'm per- by one man's obedience, I'm perfectly loved. You guys understand what I'm saying? I'm not telling you not to read your Bible. I'm not telling you to pray in tongues. I'm not telling you, because people are like, are you against that? No, I'm not against any of it. But I think what a lot of you guys think is, is that's the thing that's going to bless you. And it's not working for most of you. Because your heart is the thing that needs to change. Does that, that help you guys? So if you're praying in tongues and anxiety, I don't think it's doing much. I just don't. I know it throws me in hot water with people. But just, just be, analyze yourself. Is it working? Because it says, you know what? You can have the tongues of angels, but if you don't have love, it's not going to work. Does that make sense to you guys? So not tell, that's what I call religious exercises. Listen, I, uh, you know, Stephen Melton, we were talking about this at our house the other day. It's like, I, I'll, I'll just tongue because I'm in joy sometimes. But it's never like, I come against this. It's never that. Because that's just nonsense. It's, but sometimes I just, because I'm happy. Follow me? So, all right. So, because I think that's more than anything. Throw, your heart, mind, and speech, we give order to the chaotic, beauty to the ugly, healing to the hurt and suffering. Guys, focus on gratitude. Focus on love. Like I said, if you're, it's not something you're doing wrong, not doing wrong. Why isn't my business working? Why is it not? Why is my marriage this? Why do I feel these things? Like, like, that, like Carolyn Leaf talks about, she says, listen, there's no mechanism for you to feel darkness. There's no mechanism for you to feel lack of joy. There, actually, there's no mechanism for you to feel depressed, angry, etc. All it is is lack of the positive. Evil is just everything God didn't create. Does that make sense to you guys? He created, he's love, he's light, he's radically forgiving. He doesn't require a debt to be paid. He just forgives with nothing, no strings attached. So when you get that, so if we're, if we're experiencing anxiety, if we're experiencing anger, if we're experiencing fear, that just, it's just, to me, it's an indicator of, I'm not battling some thing, this demon. My heart needs to change. My heart needs to rewire so I can experience righteousness, peace, and joy. Does that help you guys? Does that make sense? And if you're willing to just go through that process, You'll accomplish more in one day, in one second. What did he say, second? Yeah. Where spirits can do more in one second than our labor can accomplish in one year. That's the enter into his rest. Hallelujah. Does that make sense to you guys? All right, you can get to your feet. Hopefully this helps. But this stuff moves me. It's going, oh, man. 
Okay, so I can go work hard at my job, but more importantly, I know if I want things to work, I work on this, and then my job just gets supercharged. Then my business gets supercharged, because whatever I put my hand to prospers. But if I'm not prospering, it's this that I need to work on. Does that help? Okay. You guys with me on this? Okay, all right. (laughs) You're really quiet. So Yankees won today. You should be happy. Come on. Something to be grateful for. Oh, so, and the Cardinals won. King David's happy about that. So, or they're winning anyway. Oh, hey, you're, you're not a victim. You're not a victim. That's really what, he, you're victorious in Christ. So, there's nothing for you to do. He's done it all. It's just rewire your heart. Rewire your belief system. Metanoia. Come to your senses. Hey, I'm perfectly loved. I'm a son of God. I'm not doing anything wrong. He loves me perfectly. It's just, I believed a lie. I believe to lie about myself. I believe to lie about God. And that's why I'm experiencing this fear. That's why I'm experiencing this anger. That's why I'm experiencing this lack of inspiration. But guess what? The good news is, is I can jumpstart that. That's what Paul's telling Timothy. He says, you know, stir up that thing. Stir up that thing. And I think you'll get more by, by starting to just operate in graciousness and gratitude and love than anything else. Because that's who he is. He's love and he's light. So, does that help? So just know that is, uh, I just say that. You know what? It's going to be okay. It's, just say, I'm, it's going to be okay. The chaotic part of my life is going to come to order. That's the kind of stuff you do. You, you know what? God's good. It's going to be okay. He's going to heal me. He's going to prosper me. He's going to provide for me. I'm perfectly forgiven. Whatever I put my hand to is going to prosper. I am inspired. I am loved perfectly. I exhibit love to people. Those are the things that you start working on, guys. And you just start to experience life. And there's no hard work. There's not labor to be pleasing to God. It's just be. Be the I am because you're one with him. Amen? So, Father, we love you. We praise you. We magnify you because you did it all. By the work of Jesus, every one of these people is perfected in every way. There's nothing lacking. So, Father, just let that penetrate their heart. Let their love, your light, your warmth just flow through every atom of their body. Just rewire their nervous system, rewire literally down to their genes. That we're created in your likeness. We're created in your image. That we're co-creators with you. So, Father, we just thank you that all the chaotic things, just let them know deep in their heart it's going to be okay. They can rest because you're faithful. You know, just let them know that they will be healed in Jesus' magnificent name. Father, if there's things going on in relationships, it's not doing more, doing less, pointing fingers. It's just start to be gracious and feel loved. Because when your love, when your light starts to flow through people, they and they experience love. And all the other stuff, all the darkness, the anger, the lack of joy, the lack of inspiration, the lack of energy just dissolves when they're in perfect love. So we just say thank you. That as they get this, they start to live the life you designed, a life of life and more abundance. So we just say thank you in Jesus' magnificent name. Just make it real to them. That in one second, by changing what they believe, what they feel in their heart, what they speak, just show them that it does more than a year of labor can do. In Jesus' magnificent name. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, yeah, happy Mother's Day. My wife just told me. Happy Mama's Day. Yeah, you moms, happy Mother's Day. Hey, here's the thing. For husbands and for for fathers and mothers on your day, I think a lot of times, even that, they put pressure on yourself. So ladies, how many guys do you put pressure on yourself Be a Proverbs 31 woman? It sucks, actually, if you look at the list of stuff you have to do, <laughs> doesn't it? You don't sleep. You go do the garments. You trade everything. You're like, when do you sleep, right? What he's trying to show you, he did that for you. That's how he sees you right now, amen? There's nothing for you to do. He's made you that woman. So that's not your effort that makes you a Proverbs 31 woman. Even that you can rest in, amen? So even if you yell at your kids tomorrow, you're still a Proverbs 31 woman. So <laughs> happy Mother's Day. <laughs> you're blessed in Jesus so then you got six of them. So even if you yell at them, you're still a perfect mom in Jesus' eyes, okay? That was my mom. Seven of us knuckleheads. She yelled at us every now and then. So anyway, you're blessed in Jesus' name.